and make it good our generation. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name Dong City. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Episode number 28, August 17th, 2020 edition. Henry Maldonado, Vince Mercandetti, Rob, our producer in the background. Fellas, fellas, how we doing today, Vince? How we doing? I'm glad to see you still alive. I know you almost had a lightning incident earlier. I so was going to say, uh, I'm on uh, my, <laughs> my second pair of shorts, but I am, uh, I'm alive, so that's a good thing. Yeah, just right. uh, working in the middle of the day, looking out my window, and what do I see? My first ever full lightning bolt directly hitting in front of my house, which scared the living shit out of me and my wife, who was across the house. So that's how loud it I was. I would have paid for that reaction. <laughs> Everything went black for a second, and then it came back, and I was like, oh, my God. Um, yeah, that was terrifying. But uh, I'm here and excited for the show. We have a lot going on today, That's Henry. Jam-packed show today. Yeah, so excited to be here. This is Dong City, episode 28. Um, we are with you, as Henry said, me, Rob, and Henry. And of course, uh, to top it off, we'll talk about COVID updates, but we do have a lot of updates from around the league, a lot of stuff we're going to talk about, um, and then extra, extra highlights and dongs and uh, analysis. And of course, we'll get to our boon-headed move slash moves this week of the week uh, before we close it all out. So let's get right into it. Like I said, it's an action-packed show. Uh, let's get into the boring stuff. That's the COVID updates. And this week it's the Reds. <laughs> so, Henry, if you're trying to talk, I think you are muted. There we go. I was muted. I'm sorry. Yeah. I said before we get into that, what are you rocking today? Oh, I got the so yeah. So we're going with the my favorite Yankee hat in royal blue, my favorite color. We're going back with Scully. This was the one I, I uh, debuted in our NL West for our West Division preview for the Dodgers, and got a little special edition there in the back, Henry. Uh, that is our Angels banner sent from good friend Eddie Morales. Yes, uh, yes. So I got mine as well. Haven't put it up yet. Yeah, it's up. We'll see if it if it stays up all episode. I've been having some problems. It's kind of like adhesive, you know, college style right now. I haven't formally found a place for it permanently, so we'll see how that goes. I'm actually rocking a pretty nice shirt too. Baseball yeah, we can't see you, Rob. Why don't you reveal yourself? I can show you a little bit. There it is, there right go. there. Okay. Yeah, uh, oh, I like that. Shirt. I like that a lot. I love the shirt. Yeah, like, Rob, I, did I you get that? You got that straight off baseballism. I, I bought it at the store at Cooperstown last year during Mariano's uh, induction. I searched for a month before I visited the Indian Stadium for stuff that was Major League related. Settled on it. I've shown it on the show before. It's just a regular, like, Major League symbol shirt. Uh, couldn't find a damn thing that was related <laughs> to that movie. And now, yeah. like, after I've gone, I see it everywhere. I don't know yeah. what the hell happened. I need to take advantage. I need to take advantage. Joey texted me just last week, said, hey, I'm going to the baseballism store. Do you want anything? And I said, no. I didn't even bother to go on their website and look. That's also where this shirt comes from. So, yeah, what? definitely check out baseballism. One day they will become our sponsor, but for now they get free publicity. I yeah. am going with the CC Sabathia. This is the Jack Johnson shirt. My Jackie Robinson shirt is still in the laundry. Uh, yesterday was the 100th centennial celebration of the Negro League. So I am going with CC Sabathia's Ruta Flight um, apparel deal he has. So this is the Jack Johnson shirt. 
pretty kick-ass, pretty badass stuff that they have. So that's what I'm rocking today. Now yeah. let's get back to business. All right. So, yeah. So this week it's the Reds. Uh, NL Central, I guess, wants to be the clowns of MLB. It was the Cardinals before that. Now we've got the Reds. They had to cancel their series with the Pirates. Oh, as far as I know, only one player positive, and we don't know who it is. I don't know if yeah. his name ever got revealed. Is that right? Did anyone catch anything different? There was no name. They just had one player. They didn't say who. Okay. So we have one player out. This is like the office episode murder mystery. Of like there's been a COVID and like you just guess, I guess, who it is. Uh, so the Reds are out of action. Um, we did have some more drama involving the Central. That was the Indians and the AL. So the Indians oh, yeah. don't have a player who is positive, but they do have a couple of idiots. So Clevender, um, Mike Clevender and, and Dan Play Zach Playzak, his Dan's son, um, both, I guess, went out to eat, lied about it, uh, were exposed or whatever, you know, broke quarantine. And the Indians, much to their ever everlasting credit, basically elected to kick them off the team. So they got sent to the alternate sites. Um, they're not in the major leagues technically right now, which kind of blows my mind because the Indians, I think at the time, were like 10 and 7 right in the thick of things. And Clevenger is at least their second best pitcher. Sometimes he's their best pitcher. That's a big move for a team to make. And it was the players apparently who made it. Yeah, I mean they were their hand were forced by Oliver Perez, Francisco Lindor both threatened to uh to opt out if they weren't in uh, discipline, which I credit to them. Um definitely Ali Perez doesn't have that much weight on his own anymore. <laughs> but glad Lindor stepped up and other players. You know, but like you said, this is uh it's crazy because Cleveland was killing it with the arms and you know, they still lead the league in runs allowed with only 62. And yeah. their rotation is their is their backbone. So you take two guys that are pretty important and you know it's a ballsy move. Let's see what happens from it. Yeah, it's incredible. We take Matt Blake from them as pitching coach, and they're still amazing. Uh, and Bieber might even be better now. But uh, I'm told it is his nephew, not his son. But either way, it is a playsack, and he has embarrassed the family name this week. I really thought that was his son. I had no idea that was his nephew. Yeah, I also I, – I could have sworn I read it like several times that it was his son. But it is his nephew, so uh, either way, that is embarrassing. And good for Oliver Perez. I agree if it was just Oliver Perez. I don't think this happens the same way. But Lindor chipping in being like, hey, that's a clown move. Like you're – and this was brought up earlier too. I mean, just imagine you're the Indians. You've got Carrasco on that roster, and you've got Francona as your manager, both cancer yeah. survivors. Uh, just – I don't know what was going through their mind. It's not something I'm going to kill Clevenger over for his entire career, but it is certainly something where he's deserving of this public scorn he's receiving in ridicule. Well, we have that thing all the time with the young, the young players when they come up, you know, a part of their athleticism and their physical capabilities is, are they mature enough to handle stuff in the leagues? And we see it all the time. And, and this is something that will make or break him from a maturity level. You know, it was foolish. He lied about it, which was even, you know, more foolish. Um, you know, he's a, he's a stoner. He's kind of made that known. He doesn't hide it, you know. But yes. it's, this is just foolish behavior. And, and I'm glad he was checked by his teammates. I'm glad because, you know what, when you have 800 baseball players and you guys are in the same fraternity, when those people check you, it's a little different than when, you know, the public or sports writers or anyone else checks you. When your peers check you, it means a hell of a lot more. Yeah, and, and again, credit to the Indians. Look at how the Marlins reacted when they had their situation, which, by the way, was an outbreak. The Indians don't even have an outbreak as far as we know. Uh, they just had a situation that could have led to an outbreak. The Marlins players were the ones who 
elected to break the quarantine through text message. They all, you know, voted for it and to expose the Phillies who they were playing that night and not tell anyone. So, I mean, you look at the two teams and how they reacted to their adversity, uh, just huge, huge maturity on the side of the Indians. Uh, and, their, you know, their players especially. They're the ones, like I said, who decided it. Just absolutely, that's what you want to see. Lindor is a leader over there. That's what you want to see. So credit to Lindor, credit to the Indians as a team, credit to Ali being, you know, he doesn't have much left performance-wise, but he certainly showed character there. Yeah, um, he holds a lot of weight with some of the, the Hispanic players still. Yeah, you know, that's a Francona team. It's yeah. that's, that's Terry Francona's team, and it shows. You know, that it's a really, really, really good move by the Indians team. I think they handled everything great, and so far – they uh, they've survived, you know, because of it. No players, as far as we know. So there we go. I mean, the question from this, Henry, is: Are does this get even more escalated? You know, Clevenger and and Plazak, More so, we're talking about Clevenger here, not so much Plazak, But yeah, uh, he's got to be a pariah to a degree now on that team. I mean, I mean, this isn't something that I think you kick them to the alternate site and like everyone's cool after that. Like, there's got to be a little bit of bad blood one way or another. Is he now a trade piece in the next two weeks here as we head into the trade deadline? Is it that serious or you think they can work it out, you know, through his years of art? I mean, this guy is super talented. If anything, it actually helps his trade value because in sending him down, the Indians actually gain additional mm-hmm. arbitration time. So yep. he just shot himself in the foot. He cost himself, I'd say, at a minimum $20, 25000000 million on the back end, mm-hmm. uh, maybe more. Um, Probably not so, something he he quite is aware of yet, but yeah. he'll realize I, it eventually. I'd say at minimum he cost himself twenty five million dollars, and like you said, he hasn't even realized it. Um, I could see a trade uh, to get Clevenger. You, you gotta you gotta come hard, man. You gotta come super hard. This is you know outside of his retardedness. You know, I'm sorry, you're not <laughs> supposed to say the R word. Outside of his transgressions, you uh, you know he's still a hell of a pitcher, man. Hell of an arm. And right. those guys and, get chance after chance to prove themselves. So, Yeah, and Clevenger is an uh, analytics disciple and definitely in, in hot, commodity, hot commodity modern day as he constantly works to improve himself. So we'll see. I don't personally think he will be a trade piece this year at a minimum um, just because I don't expect much to happen at the deadline. I think all sorts of teams are confused. They're financially, you know, not going to spend much. I'm not going to take on much payroll. I think every, I I don't expect many major moves. I definitely don't expect something of Clevenger's caliber. Well, Cleveland's still competing. And and, I mean, he hasn't been sent down for the year, has he? He hasn't, but from what I understand, like the reports are, he may not return this season. So it it doesn't seem like a short-term slap on the wrist type thing. So I want to test, this would test the Cleveland Indians because if they are in the race and they need that arm, how they respond is going to say how, you know, they, they really are about everything. If they call him up, then this is all for naught. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. We have our resident uh, Orioles fan, Chris Britt. Stick around, Chris. We have a lot to talk about with the Orioles today, so definitely stick around. We will get to them, I promise you. Love that I'm, he joined the show. I'm convinced Chris is Noah in a different – like, that's his alternate <laughs> you know, profile. So, yeah. You combine their ages, they equal me. Um, <laughs> that's my guess. But – um. Yeah, so I mean, me. yeah. I'm trying to look for the game at the same time as I. Uh... Yeah, no worries. That uh, so that's the Indians in a nutshell. You know, the play hasn't suffered too much. They're 13 and nine, so they're actually better, you know, by a little bit than they were. 
Um, and right in the thick of things, they're a game out of the central, and the and if the season ended today, they would most definitely be in an expanded playoff situation. So yes, they would. Um, and speaking of, let's get to another team Wait, that we like. Before to- you continue, did we talk about Adam Pluko throwing him under the bus? No. I love that. Did you see that? I don't think so. What did no, he on say? A Zoom, on his Zoom call, he basically said, and these are his quotes: "They hurt us bad. They lied to us. They got some explaining to do." Ooh, he that's went the Ricky Ricardo route, that's, huh? That's a teammate doing that, so I can I appreciate like that. that. Yeah, he should have called them Lucy. That's the only thing that would make that better. It's, <laughs> oh, they're, uh, <laughs> they're loose, all right. Yeah, uh, and again, speaking of loose, this time morals, let's get to the Astros here, a team we love talking about on this show. Um, <clears throat> Rob, I know that you've got a special gift for us to kind of put into – put into context what the Astros have gone through this week. I know last week we touched on it. They had a really bad week, went one and five, had all sorts of problems, had a brawl with the athletics. We can give the update that Loriano's suspension went down to four games, I think from five games. That was the right move in my mind by MLB. And Alex Cintron, the the first base coach who started the whole thing, or hitting coach, whatever he is, uh, he got 20 games, which is a third of the season this year. Not that it really matters. I, I think he's completely replaceable, but that's a nice move by MLB, too, finally to slap the wrist of the Astros a little bit. Yeah, he does. The biggest uh, the biggest suspension from any Astros person associated with them outside of Joey Cor. I mean, uh, the manager and, and the GM. AJ Hinch, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, Rob, do you have, uh, do you have your, your gift for us? I do. Uh, just one second. I'm just going to pop it up right here. And uh, basically, this is a video. I'm just going to put it out to, to the beginning. Of all 21 strikeouts by Altuve this year so far. Oh, that's him <laughs> it's a little bit of a montage. Coming. Oh, didn't expect that fastball. Oh, that's 93 <laughs> right down the middle, and he takes it. it. He definitely doesn't know what's coming there. This and mind you, this is the first twenty games of the season. You know, we're the third we're third into the season now, and that's twenty one strikeouts. That's yeah. Uh, yeah. On so he's on pace. He would in a regular season he'd be on pace for over one sixty two. Is, huh? is that a cardboard George Bush in the background laughing at him? It, it looks is. like that's George Bush. Zoom in actually, but I, yes it is. <laughs> and that's Barbara Bush. I love it. They're yeah, laughing yeah. at him. It is, it is, yep. <laughs> that is fantastic. Props to the Astros. Never thought I'd say that. I love that cardboard cutout. Uh, just having the bushes up there watching Altuve make a fool of himself. So that's Altuve striking out 21 times so far this year. If you're keeping count at home, uh, the Astros have played 21 games. So he's on pace for 162 in a regular season. That's certainly more than we are accustomed to from Jose Altuve. Uh, off to a slow start. I mean, we've talked about it throughout baseball life. I think he was hitting 174, 175. I don't know if that changed career 318 hitter henry and uh he's down about 150 points look he's gonna like you know he's gonna be in the hall of fame um he's a career 300 hitter he he's was always a good hitter but we're having our fun right now so let us have our fun yeah that's exactly what this is now to the astros credit again 11 and 10 again season ended today they'd actually be in the playoffs despite that they have not looked good their pitching staff looks terrible. They have basically rookies running that bullpen and not to, you know, overwhelming success. They have Verlander on the shelf uh, and Springer and Altuve and La La Land unable to, to hit anything. So to be 11 and 10, it's, it's a testament to the talent that is there. Uh, they would make the playoffs if the season ended today. So good, uh, good, good comment by Ricky Velasquez in the section, which is, 
you know, not the only the only people who hate him are not just Yankee fans and Dodgers fans. Fantasy fans are hating Altuve right now. Oh yeah. Well, I avoided. I my rule was to avoid looking in my reflection, seeing my head is all off. I uh, I avoided all the Astros in fantasy this year. Short season, I'm like, I can't take that kind of risk. I you know, there's a very good chance a guy like Bregman or whoever is going to be pretty normal, but mm-hmm. um, I can't take that risk, so I, I avoided all of them. Yeah, I don't blame you. At least the hitters. Um, leads to this question. If the Astros, like I said, if the Astro, if the playoffs started today, the Astros would be in the playoffs. Uh, as a Yankee fan, Henry, the Yankees would have, if the season ended today, the second best record behind the Oakland A's. Now, mm-hmm. as we know, the top three teams this year get to choose their opponent. And as far as I know, they cannot choose a division opponent, which would, or I'm sorry, they cannot choose a division winner, they which might. would eliminate the twins from contention for a choice for the Yankees. So if you are the Yankees, let's say two things. I, I think we're in agreement we would pick the Orioles. Is that right? Like, I would pick the Orioles if I could pick anyone that's not a division winner right now. I would not. Okay. Well, good. This makes it even more interesting. You got to – I want the best – I want the matchup. I want some sort of redemption. I'm going straight for the Astros. You're going straight for the Astros in a five-game series. I'm going straight for the Astros. See, I definitely want the Astros this year, but I want them in a seven. I don't want them in a five because I feel like a five is a little more fluky and the Yankees definitely have a better pitching staff this year. So give me that advantage, but fine. All right. You want the Astros to, to sum it up for everyone who's, who's listening right now, if the season ended today, the A's would have the best record Yankees second twins, third Rays fourth Indians, fifth Orioles, sixth, and then you'd get to the Astros' seventh, and then the White Sox would be your – well, they'd be in a tie with the Rangers. Winning percentage-wise, uh, it'd still be a tie because they're 500. So yeah, I wonder how they sort that out. So let's work on that, too, because it's very it's – very, it's possible that two teams end with the same record and winning percentage. So I wonder how they're going to – I have assume a that's right a play-in, but that's a good point. So let's include all nine teams. You're choosing the Astros. I would definitely, without a doubt – choose the Orioles out of that. But assuming that the uh, A's would choose the Orioles, I would then choose the Texas Rangers, I think. I don't want to deal with the White Sox offense. Like, that offense could get hot and just kill you over three games. Texas would have been my second pick. Yeah. I see it. Like, if Fat Lance Lynn eliminates this version of the Yankees, (laughs) like, you can can keep 2020 and just dispose of it because nothing is real anymore. That that is a hell of a motivator for him, though. For sure, yeah. But then, like, what are you throwing in game two? It's not Corey, Corey Kluber's, like, broken arm, so. Well, well here, here's the thing. Texas High right now has a negative 15 run differential, so their pitching isn't all that. So I think we'd smoke their pitching. So that's not a bad choice. Yeah, that's a scam team in my mind. I, oh, I actually okay. like Texas's future. I don't like them in 2020, though. I don't – and they're 10 and 10. Let's not get carried away. This isn't like a, you know, team on pace for 95 wins. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, that was a fun little exercise. Let's get into updates around the league. This is where we'll introduce lots of other teams. The title of the show this week is the observation I have, and that is that we are seeing the cream rise to the top now that we've got a 20 to 22 game sample size just about – uh, Yankees are, are ahead in the AL East. Right behind them is the Rays. Everyone expected that in some order. You've got the Twins winning the Central. 
right behind them are the Indians and White Sox. We had we had that expected. Um, A's, you and I, Henry, had them leading the West. They are up in the West. Astros, I had them right behind them. You know, they're four and a half back. Mm-hmm. And and then the NL, like, things start to get weird. But we still have the Dodgers leading the NL West. We expected that. We have the Cubs leading the NL Central, which I did not expect at all. But it's not, like, that crazy because uh, the rest of the teams have kind of sucked. I think the Cubs will kind of fall into reality. I think they lost again today. So that they, would be three in a row? Yeah, they row? Uh, well, they're playing right now, I think, a doubleheader. Did they, Rob, did they play earlier today? Um, I don't see any score here. It says to be determined. Oh, they did. Yeah, no, you're right. They lost 3-1. They lost, yeah. Ended yeah. quick. I forgot. That's, yeah, yeah. That's set, three they losses did. in a row. No, they got swept Four over the weekend. Row. Yes, they Four did. in a row. They did. Yep. So the Cubs, yeah, let's talk about them for a second. The Cubs strolled up against the Brewers, who were the second-place team, uh, with a 13-3 and record, best record in baseball. They beat – or 12-3. and They beat the, the Brewers' opening game. And then the Brewers took three straight. Basically, like, they could have stepped on them right then and there, and they didn't. Brewers cut to within three and a half, and now the Cubs lose again today. So they are now 13-7. and Uh, Yeah, I'm with you, Henry. I expected regression. How could you not? I mean, they have no bullpen. Tyler Chatwood, two of his three starts were were way better than I think any Cubs fan would expect. He's on the shelf now. And you don't have that great of a rotation either. I mean, they've got a few good pitchers, well, but... I give them credit because even though that their name brand names, you know, they aren't name brand names, they are doing it pitching. You know, they are... Let me see. I have some notes yeah. here. You know, they're seventh in, in earned runs, and two of the teams ahead of them are St. Louis and Miami, which have played less games, so they're really top five. Mm-hmm. They're top 10 in ERA. They're fifth in um, fielding independent pitching. They're fourth in whip. So they're doing it with their pitching. But yeah, like you said, Tyler Chatwood's on the show. too. Yeah they're, yeah, they're doing it. But like you said, they had a chance to put Milwaukee away. I think they could have just run away with their division this weekend, and instead they let Milwaukee stay in the race. They would have. I think they were at home for that series, too. I mean, they could have taken three out of four. That would have been a two-game swing. They'd be five and a half up right now, six up. Five and a half. Yeah. So that's considerable when you consider that we only have 40 games left like this is basically mid-august in, and they lost in a real to, season who they lose to today yeah the st louis covids i mean come on yeah and the cardinals have credit to them they've come out of the gates hot after having like nine weeks off who expected that yeah so uh <laughs> so you know the thing about that you haven't played in over a week and you come out and you allow one run and three hits yeah yeah it's uh, Cardinals picking up. They're four and four. I mean, let's not get crazy, but considering how long they were off and the other teams have been playing in that time, I was kind of impressed the way they came out. Um, five and four. They're five and four. Yep. Five and four now. Yeah, with the win. Yep. So that NL Central still for grabs, but the Cubs are in first. And then the NL East is where it gets a little wacky. The Marlins and Braves have played eight games different, <laughs> but they're tied for the division. Braves yep. have played eight games more than the Marlins because of their outbreak. Phillies two games behind that and under 500 and then the Nationals and Mets just having seasons that they did not want to have to see oh the Mets the Mets the Mets where do we go with the Mets man they're they're just they're struggling everywhere Ahmed Rosario was benched you know after the second half people were getting excited about him Alonzo slumping which no one wants to talk about rotations a question mark I think I saw right before we went on Jake DeGrom finally got the go-ahead to pitch um 
they designated. Yes, I was Dozier. wondering about that because yeah. I was yeah, that was one of our injury updates. He got scratched with his finger problem. Yeah, I think he's he's good to go. They said on Wednesday, okay. those are designated for assignment. Waka still on the IL. I mean, it, it's it's just a mess for the Mets. Porcello forgot it's an even number year. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> it, it's weird. You know, the Mets are one of those teams that like fantasy wise, they're still pretty lucrative. Like I've got Dom Smith, Alonzo, and and uh, JD on my fantasy teams. You could have Degrom on your fantasy team. You could have, uh, I guess, Seth Lugo if he, or Diaz, Edwin Diaz on your fantasy team. You can have, like, Cano on your fantasy. <laughs> like, there's just – there's a lot of op- – Jeff McNeil, who we'll get to later. There's a lot of options. Uh, there's a lot of Jeff ta- alone. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a lot of talent over there. Uh, they just aren't putting it together. And they have looked terrible. Negative 21 run differential, 9 and 14. But in that, in that division, you're only four back. So it, it's not too late for the Mets. But I just don't see them putting their shit together with no pitching now. Syndergaard out, Stroman opting out. Think about this. They have DeGrom on their team who I don't think it's a question right now who's the best pitcher in baseball. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe Garrett Cole could challenge him, but you still give the edge to DeGrom. But even with the Grom in their rotation, they've given up 120 runs. Right. Uh, that's absurd. You you look at the teams with runs that have given up runs like that. You have Seattle. You know, not even Pittsburgh has given up that many runs. Think about that. <laughs> yeah, Pittsburgh's four and fourteen. Uh, I, I just that's a hell of a lot of runs that they're giving up over there. I would like yeah. to add something. I would like to add something. Um, right now the um, I mean, Degrom is the best pitcher of you know in the last couple of years, but right now Shane Bieber is killing it this year. Shane really, Bieber is killing it. Really yeah, for a, I mean, in this very very small sample size, absolutely, Shane Bieber is a runaway Cy Young for both leagues. If you had to pick one right now, yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, Degrom's working on his third Cy Young right now, so <laughs> it's in a row. So. Uh, yeah, it is crazy. Rob, why don't we get to, before we continue, why don't we get to our first uh, game updates? Sure, not a problem. Um, right now, the end of first uh, inning, no score with the Red Sox and the Yankees. We have no score with the Nationals and the Braves. Uh, um, the Mets and the Marlins are just underway. There's no score still. We got um, the Blue Jays, Orioles, good, good game, good series coming up. Um, still no score, still about to start. Um, we got late games. Um, we have the Royals and the Twins at 8-10. We have the Tigers and the White Sox coming later on. Got the Padres and the Rangers. We got the Rockies and the uh, Astros all start at 9. Um, we also have the A's and the Diamondbacks at a 9-40 start. Mariners, Dodgers, 9-40 start as well. And um, the, to cap it all off, the Giants and the um, Angels at 9. Uh, battle of the Scrubs. No, it's a nice California Giants. battle. Thank Great you. Fun. It's um, – <laughs> The Yankees just stranded the bases loaded to end the first inning. So that is scoreless, as Rob said. Uh, so, yeah, so getting back to this now, let's – so some other injuries. We mentioned DeGrom. He was scratched from a start. Looks like he's going to come back no problem. Uh, Tyler Chatwood I mentioned earlier. He's on the IL. He was going to miss just one start and come back, and then his back tightened, so he's back on the IL. Um, I don't know when he's going to make his start. Bo Bichette, oh, man. who Bo is just Bichette. a fan favorite, I think, of 30 fan bases. Yeah. He is out for a while. I don't actually remember what his injury is. I know he's out until mid-September, though. You know, Bo Bichette. Um, it was a knee injury. Oh, uh, yeah, that's top bad. Top 10 in OPS. 
Yeah, well, I mean, he was hitting what, like 450? He's absolutely killing it, man. <laughs> yeah, Bo Bichette might end up the best of that Blue Jays core, which I would not have guessed. Yeah, I'm not, comp- I wouldn't, I do have a Bo Bichette rookie card up there too, by the way. Uh, that'll work, yeah. Uh, so Bo Bichette out, and, and all of that, none of that includes uh, any of the but Yankee injuries you know, which we've run into. You know who else is hurt, which I'm sure Tampa Bay is sitting there like, we got rid of him right just in time. Tommy Pham. He broke his handmade bone. He's out four to six weeks. Yep. Uh, Just, it never fails. Do not make trades with the Tampa Bay Rays if you're a major league GM. Once you trade, you've taken the L. Yeah, you lose automatically, no matter how stupid it looks for the Rays. It will always backfire on you. That's what I've learned. Uh, Yankees have their own slew of injuries. We talked about Stanton last week. He got replaced by Clint Frazier, who promptly came up and drove in about eight runs in his first week. Um, then we had Aaron Judge. We'll get more to that situation later, but he is on the IL, expected to come back maybe after missing about 10 games or so. Um, he was replaced by Miguel Andujar, and then DJ LeMayhew, the third of the MVP candidates. He get He hurts his finger or his thumb. Uh, taking a swing. So he is now on the IL replaced by Tyro Estrada. And the Yankees are doing what they do. They're trying to sweep the Red Sox today. And they're doing it with guys like Tyler Wade, Tyro Estrada, Mike Ford, um, (laughs) Clint Frazier, Gio Urshela, Miguel Andujar is back after he was demoted. This is just what they do. I, I mentioned this in baseball life. The Rays, Dodgers, and Yankees in particular seem to have some sort of cheat code where they just have unlimited depth. They could just plug in Mike Talkman. I mean, the list goes on and on. You plug in whoever you want, and they just produce. And that's just how it is. Yeah. Well, you so. took the words right out of my mouth when, when you said the MVP. It's you. They literally put three guys who would have been an MVP running on the IL. And, you know, credit, credit uh, Cashman, because everyone always talks about free agent signings, get this guy. Cashman makes a lot of deals that no one talks about. DJ LeMahieu on a two-year, $24 million deal was a steal. If you're paying DJ $24 million a season, it's a steal. Yep. He got that I, for two years. I completely then, agree. Then you get a guy like Gio Urshela who came off the scrap heap. Who the hell is Gio Urshela? And I was just killing it for what is the second season. You get a guy like Luke Voigt for nothing. Yeah, Cashman just just goes on and he he finds these guys. Our scout credit to our scouting department, and and he's they do a great job. And I don't think he gets enough credit because all everyone sees is the money, money, money. But Cashman yeah. makes a lot of under the radar deals, a lot of great trades, picks up a lot of good talent and a lot of cheap prices, which allows us to go ahead and spend a gazillion dollars on a Garrett Cole. Cashman's best moves are the ones that don't involve money. <laughs> That's kind of the reality of, of his tenure as GM. He makes very savvy, small market-esque deals, um, and then he supplements it with the big ones. And that's why the Yankees have been in competition now for four years, and they're probably going to be in competition for another four years competing for World Series titles. That's what the best teams can do is they supplement money with savvy uh, you know, with savvy deals to to have a cost-controlled core. So yep. that's where they're – now the Yankees' depth is, to me, kind of a catch-22. It's going to sound very Yankee fandom-like, but the Yankees have so much depth and so many injuries that, first of all, guys like Aaron Boone or whoever's making the decisions just get to put guys on the IL even if they're not hurt. Like <laughs> very mild injuries, they'll just put you away for two weeks. 
Aaron Judge. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but, it, but then they have like two and three guys who could replace every single one of them, and it just somehow works. Now, those guys are great for the Yankees because they're putting up 900 OPSs and you've never heard of them, or they've been journeymen but they actually are killing their trade value because guys like Clint Frazier, who would be starting on several teams, guys like Miguel Andujar, who, you know, almost won rookie of the year, probably should have won rookie of the year in 2018, wasn't even on the roster. Those are guys that start elsewhere. They can't even get playing time with the Yankees. They'll never be able to boost their playing time enough to be valuable trade chips, which kind of hurts the Yankees because they don't, they can't move a guy like Clint Frazier because he doesn't have enough sample size to move him. So they won't get real value. No, they won't. They'll never get the the value of those players to the Yankees far outweighs the trade value they would garner to another team. The Dodgers know that problem. Yeah, yeah, it's a good point. So, um, so I wonder if the Dodgers are going to trade. You know, some of those pieces like you can get back something really decent for Jock Peterson. Yeah. I've always felt Justin Turner, but and correct me if I'm wrong, Dodgers fans. I just um, I assume he's worth like too much in the clubhouse. He seems like a very Dodgers guy. I know he's a California native, um, but he's he in a walk here. He's turned out to have a hell of a career, honestly. He is, yeah. Um, and he's in a walk here, so you know, in a normal season, I'd say that's a logical. You got Seager red hot. You got Gavin Lux not even on the roster. Yeah. Uh, they can easily move Turner if they wanted to. Like Chris Taylor and Max Muncy play 17 positions. Kiki Hernandez, another one. Uh, they could easily move Turner. I just don't think they will. So it's, uh, we'll see. Yeah, but, you brought up Seager. I think he's playing his brother in this series, isn't it? Yeah, the Dodgers are playing the Mariners. Yeah, Seager that'll work. Seager. I like that. Uh, and we've got other teams too, like the Orioles. I mentioned them earlier. That's a team I wouldn't mind facing in the playoffs, but that's not really disrespect to them. It's just they're overachieving, and I, I they might hang around. Like this, is, the Orioles and Tigers to me, and Marlins, all three of the teams that we were like without a doubt, these are the three teams who will not make the playoffs. All three of them are playing this season as per, minus the Marlins COVID thing as perfectly as you can play for what they are. And by that, I mean the Orioles are just mashing with their young guys, not a care in the world. They traded Dylan Bundy, who's doing great for the Angels, and yet they mm-hmm. still are pitching pretty decently. They only lose to the Yankees consistently. And then you've also got um, the Tigers, who are really fascinating to me. They're like a game under 500, but they're right in the thick of things, and now they just called up their three top prospects. Yeah, um, they said, fuck it, we're going to let the kids play. Yeah, their top two pitchers, including Casey Mize and Isaac Paredes, I think that's how you say his name, uh, who is their shortstop prospect, who's going to probably play third. So just they're going for it. And you got to do that. In a six, you have 40 games left. Tigers are like a game out of the playoffs. Why not? You have nothing else you could be doing instead. I just want to go back and say I predicted the Baltimore Orioles would not finish last in the AL, in the AL East. That's right. And – I think, if I remember correctly, the team you had finishing last is probably finishing last. I had the Blue Jays or Red Sox? I I had the Blue Jays. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. So, it looks like the Red – I mean, the Red Sox would lose 100 games if this was a normal season. That's how bad they are. Red Sox are an absolute doormat this year. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they are terrible. Uh, And let's talk about them for a second here. So, the Orioles, I think, have some staying power because – I just 
they're playing like the NL East. No one in that division is going to kill you. And the AL East, they've yeah, they've got eight left with the Yankees, I guess. And I think they play the Rays a lot. So we'll see. But expanded playoff, I think I think they've got a shot. Red Sox, we know don't have a shot. And not only are the Red Sox do that, do they not have a shot? But I thought when this season started that the Red Sox might be able to compete in 2021. And now that I'm seeing what that major league roster looks like, I'm thinking 2023 is a best case scenario. <laughs> they got That's a lot of problems to figure they out. Are, them and the Orioles perspective wise for me have switched places in this 20 game sample size. Organizationally, I would have told you the Orioles were three or four years away. Now I think the Red Sox are, and the Orioles might be the ones. I still don't think in 2021 they're quite there just because the Rays and Yankees are there. But by 2022, you could be talking about the Orioles starting to compete for, for a wild card or, or even the division, depending on how things shake out. I'm, I'm excited to see the Orioles play better. For a few years, they've been the laughing stock of baseball. Um, and they've turned it around. They've played well. You know, they're playing good defense. They're, they're doing a little bit of everything. You know, they're not great but they're fun. And yeah. I'm absolutely loving the Red Sox being an absolute shit of a franchise. I mean, their, their roster is so bad. And the problem is it's been like, it's been tenfold. Like every worst case scenario, this is the opposite of 2018 for them. 2018, every single good thing that could have happened, happened. 2020 is the complete opposite for them. Yeah. You have Chris Sales out. Now I, I know Chris Sale coming back on paper is a great addition, but I have no idea at this stage of his career with the amount of innings he's thrown, what you're going to get. I don't know if it's going to be prime Chris Sale coming off Tommy John. It could be theoretically a better one, uh, but I don't know what you're going to get. But even if you added Chris Sale, say you're getting the Chris Sale you expect, your other pitchers are Eduardo Rodriguez, who now has potentially permanent heart issues due to COVID, uh, and then you've got Nate Valdi, who can't get through a full season. He wouldn't be ramped up until 2022 anyway. And his contract, I think, expires next year. And then you've got – you traded Mookie Betts. J.D. Martinez is looking like that video room might have been a little bit more for him than other people because he looks yep. bad. Uh, he looked like he was coming out of it, and then he's just been abysmal this, this series against the Yankees. Ben Intendi straight up looks like a bust. I mean, he, he was fantastic in 2018. 2019, he was pretty boring. 2020 looks awful. Rafael Devers, I you know, I'm not giving up on him, but he is off to a terrible start. You know, it's funny you mentioned Devers. Devers in the first series against us looked fantastic. Yeah. I said, damn, this guy turned it around. And then this series, he looked like dog shit. Yeah. His footwork, he, he, his arm, he looked like a completely different player in just two weeks. I don't know what the hell happened to him. I don't know what he's swinging at either. His, like his entire plate approach looks looks just like was, he doesn't give a shit. Our first series, he was hitting everything hard. He was picking everything at him, throwing every throwing everyone out, making plays left and right. This is just not the same dude that we saw two weeks ago. Right. You've still got Pedroia on the books for another few years. We're not even talking like he's expiring anytime soon. You've got dead money on the books through 2022. And you have zero relievers i mean brandon workman is the closest he's not having a great year but he's pretty reliable and outside of that you have nothing workman will be traded yeah uh, you can trade you should trade jbj who's always been overrated his defensive specialist glorified yeah. uh you should be trading him workman and jd martinez and you're hoping that jd gets hot here in the next week or two to raise that value a little bit 
It's funny. I thought when the Mets went out and got Billy Hamilton, who, by the way, looks like he just absolutely shattered his pinky over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that Jackie Bradley would be a great fit for the Mets. Yeah. They love players like that, too. Mm-hmm. Like Juan Lagares is not much different than Jackie Bradley Jr. in my book, except exactly. Jackie Bradley gets to play at Fenway in a Red Sox lineup. That's yep. really the only difference I see. Um, yes, yeah, so that's not a bad trade piece. He's been rumored to the White Sox forever, and I think the White Sox honestly have jumped that ship. They don't need Jackie Bradley they don't now. Need him. And yeah, they're what are they what are they going to get? You know, what are they going to give for him that makes it worth it? Not much. Nope. Try. So yeah, I mean the Red Sox. I yes, they had there are pitchers out there. It's a pretty good free agency market for pitchers. You know, Paxton Tanaka, Bauer. That list goes Stroman. That list goes on and on, assuming guys don't re-sign with teams. But even if you throw, even if you sign two of those starters, you're talking those two: Sale, who won't be back until probably mid-season. Evaldi, yeah, he, who, will, he will be back. He has 145 million dollars to be back. Right, uh, but he had his Tommy John in what February, March. Yeah, so he's not coming back until probably the end of April at full strength, at least. Uh, and then you've got. If all of you can't hold up over a season, he doesn't count as a full starter. The you most know, innings he's ever. When they had Evo uh, coming out of the bullpen, I thought that was perfect. Yeah, I thought then he was a, converted... a perfect closer. Yeah, they converted him back to a starter, and I said it's just foolish, and it's showing. Prob... Yeah, the problem I keep seeing with Evaldi, his career high innings is one eleven, so he's never going to get ramped up for the length of that contract. He won't do it this year. He can't do it next year. So mm-hmm. by twenty twenty two, maybe you can get to like one fifty. And, uh, and his contract expires after 2022. So I just – I don't see the Red Sox competing until 2023. It would take a miracle. And the other problem is they have nothing in their farm system. They don't even have top prospects to trade. Their best prospects are what they got back from L.A., which wasn't much because L.A. was taking Mookie money. Right. They've got Connor, w- Connor Wong. And, Mookie, and, and they got Verdugo. Yeah. Verdugo yeah. Um, also looked like shit. Yeah, they uh, and on top of that, they don't have like they don't have an elite farm, and they punted on this draft. So they're not like even this year, you're not getting reinforcements. So it's going to be a long time for me before the Red Sox are back to that World Series caliber type team, and that's the price you pay with Dave Dombrowski. Got you a title, great, well, but he has yep he has torpedoed that franchise. I mean, he sets shit on fire before he walks out. That's what you're seeing with the Red Sox. That's what he does. He's the farm killer. Yeah, for sure. Now, we had something interesting. Speaking of the Red Sox, we were watching, uh, Henry, I know we were both watching the Yankee game yesterday. And by the way, the Yankees are up one nothing now. Uh, and we saw this graphic. And Rob, do you have that graphic? Yes, I do. I'm going to okay. share it right now. There you go. Coming up. Here it is. Okay, so this flashed across the screen while A-Rod was rambling on about whatever he rambles on about every single time. Uh, and, and I found that we both found this kind of fascinating right off the bat. So this was asking to pick your World Series favorite, Yankees 28%, the rest of Major League Baseball besides the three teams listed, also 28%, Dodgers slightly below that, and then Cubs 18%. I want to ask you, everyone who's listening, what are your picks here? Don't choose your own team. You know, if I obvious, I would obviously pick the Dodgers if I wasn't picking the Yankees. I, to me, that's a no-brainer. They are loaded. Uh, mm-hmm. Henry, do you feel any differently? And anyone who's watching, write in who you would pick. If not, you know, if you're if you're not a Dodgers and Cubs fan, obviously. 
I, I love the field at the same percentage as the Yankees. I think that's so great. Yeah, that is funny. Uh, but I, uh, it, I, not picking the Yankees, you got to go with the Dodgers. I know it's boring. I know it's what everyone will pick, but it's the best of the best right now. I'll have you know Matt Bushnell picked the Yankees, so there's one. The Yankees are killing it right now, man. And this yeah. is with the injuries. They're killing it. I'm surprised, and I don't know why ESPN necessarily did it that way. I'm surprised the Rays weren't there instead of the Cubs. Yeah. That mildly surprises me. I, I don't I know if they're... That's probably who got the third highest vote tally. And now I'm curious of that 28% of other, how much of that is a race? <laughs> like, like how much of that are people like, well, the Rays will win the World Series. Yeah. Um, which I wouldn't rule out. I'm just, I'm curious how that works out. But, I wonder um, how much of that is Oakland. Yeah, also a good point. Eddie Morales just picked Oakland. I, I, I'm thinking a lot of the West Coast guys and girls will probably pick Oakland because they watch them more often. I think kind of us East Coast guys don't get to watch Oakland. We know how good they are, but we don't get to see them every day. I disagree. I do watch a lot of Oakland games, and you know I'm high on those guys. I love my Matt and Matt, both looking like uh, studs again. I was very well, high yeah, on I mean, Oakland. Me, me personally – I I said Oakland what scared me the most out of, out of the entire AL. I, that's the team I want to face the least in the playoffs, including the Rays. Um, okay. I'm just saying, would, in general, you don't get to see Oakland that often. It would not surprise me. You know, sometimes you get a team that if they win, you're like, damn, I'm, I'm shocked. It would not surprise me one bit if Oakland won the title. No, not at all. And I've felt that way since last year. I mean, what, you saw how good they were last year, and that was before their best starters were up. Now all their best starters are up. So – yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, to Matt's point, they have not made a deep run into the playoffs yet. There is something to be said for that. This Yankee core has has done that. The Dodgers have obviously done it several times. Um, I, think, I think that Chris Britt had a different – he said San Diego, Minnesota. Those are interesting picks. Uh, look, if you've been watching Dong City long enough, you know I'm never going to ever pick the Twins to make the World Series ever until it happens. The Twins, I cannot see San Diego, not yet. I would pick San Diego over Minnesota, even though I fully recognize the Twins are a way more talented team right now. Plus, there's a ton ton of haters that would not want to see Manny Machado in the World Series. Yeah. Uh, Padres could get there definitely soon. (laughs) Like them and the White Sox, I, I think are doing it right. Uh, I don't think 2020 is that year, but uh, interesting. And interesting I'm sorry, exercise. in the middle of you talking, I I, uh, I, sh- I shouted Luke. So, <laughs> give me my, my big boy Voight hit a two run jack. Oh, yep. We uh, we have differing opinions on Luke Voight, but he, hey, he's doing what Luke Voight should do, which is just hit dongs all day long. So three nothing now in that Yankee game. Uh, yeah, Boston is completely dead at this point, which reminds us. And by the way, I just also got alert that uh, Ronald Acuna is out no. indefinitely. No. Say it. Acuna. 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 Yeah, out indefinitely. Braves are banged up. Uh, Pitching is banged up. He's banged up. The, the, that division's not signed, sealed, and delivered at all. And we talked in the preview show about how the Braves have a brutal schedule. I think we were uh, both – we both thought – Atlanta was a little overhyped, and a lot of it was scheduled. Um, My pick, the Phillies, are still hanging around. Still hanging around. 
yeah so yeah it's it's not it's not a bad pick so here we are with the highlights uh chris flores joining us you are not it is better late than never chris because you came just in time for the highlights and the dongs this is our first highlight this is going to be old friend Didi gregorius chris is is here just for the dongs let's be real (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Ninth <laughs> inning, two outs, bases loaded. Orioles were up 8-6, and Didi comes through with the blooper to tie the game at 8. That is our first highlight of the week. Uh, I believe that the Phillies would hang on and win that game 10-9. to Henry, on to yours. Uh, I don't see the, the uh, screen. There we go. Mine's is Austin Hayes. Baltimore Orioles inside the park home run technically it is the first leadoff two run home run ever and how is that possible because there was a run on second base to start the game but my man question (laughs) wait my man's speed around the base is 15.6 seconds i know we a lot of Mets fans talk about brandon nimmo and and how fast he runs around the bases just to give you an idea brandon nimmo on a home run trot did a home run trot in 17.1 seconds Wow. Austin Hayes ran the bases for, for inside the park home run at 15.6. Austin Hayes Mays. Um, really Mays. That, I think, was the same game, by the way, and I was wrong. The, uh, the Orioles won 10-9 in that game. Now, my question with that highlight, though, was um, what are you thinking if you're – was that McCutcheon in center? I guess it's not McCutcheon. I don't think he plays center anymore. Whoever was in center for the Phillies, what are you thinking on that play? No idea, dude. That was bizarre. Yeah, but I, I'm laughing, and I'm like, that's a two-run home run to lead off extra innings. Yeah, like, and it try, just remember this to tell your grandkids, Henry. You witnessed an inside-the-park two-run home run in extra innings. To lead off the game. <laughs> to lead off the inning. Yeah, and they'll it. be like, what the hell are you talking about? They're like, drink some more. Yeah. <laughs> Now we got Marlins Blue Jays. This one's tied at four. I was rooting heavily for the Marlins, of course, in this moment. And that's going to do it. Uh, Not even an attempt. I love that. He's like, I'm not going to field this ball because I just lost. Blue Jays win the walk-off there. That is one of several walk-offs we witnessed this past week. I believe that was the first one for the Jays this season. And uh, let's go to yours, Henry. Mine's is when you're ready, Rob. Rob, I do not like those cleats in right in. The, I do like yeah. those uniforms though. I like the I love the Jays uniforms. Yeah, I those like are the, sweet. And like whatever those white cleats were in right field for the Marlins. Here goes mine. Mine is Joey Votto walking off the game the, in the longest single you will ever see. <laughs> right off the wall, there you go. Four hundred and three foot single to end the game. That's the first walk off for Cincinnati of the year. They're excited. It's Kansas City. It's still a walk-off, even if they suck. And, um, not a lot of social distancing happening there. No, not at all. That is a classic, by the way, Joey Votto moment, that he has a, a walk-off 400-foot single. Like they, a 403-foot single to win the game. <laughs> yeah, he just hates extra bases. Um, now we have the next one. Uh, taking a break from walk-offs for a moment, we can go and give you a little bit of defense. Oh, yeah. Rob, how are we doing? Ooh, all right. Well, we'll get to that in a second here. Um, 
Yeah. So Reds first walk off, they're having a weird season. Okay, uh, in in that it's not good, and now they've got the COVID problem. All right, so here's Rio Ruiz, and you see the kind of giveaway there. Look at this play; <laughs> it just kind of vomits out a ball to second. That's going to get the out. Uh, this is the type of thing that happens when you're the Orioles and you're playing well. You make plays like that. That ended the threat in the eighth. Orioles, I believe, would go on to win that game as well. Dude, if you get through, if you're that run and you get thrown out on that, you're going to get a lot of shit in Kangaroo Court. Yeah, <laughs> that was you a cannot, five You cannot get thrown out. There's no dive. There's there's nothing there. That, that's that's a shitty slide, is what that was. That is really bad. Uh, yeah, uh, not maybe not as bad as what you've got for us, Henry. <laughs> oh man, so you guys know, man. My, my favorite Met is Jeff McNeil. My man went all out before we hit this. Rob, don't hit start. Oh, he hit start. Look at the score. It's yeah. one nothing. Yeah, one nothing. Second and third. That's right. Run on second and third. There's two outs, and this is what happens. Estrubo Cabrera, former Met. There it goes. There it goes. There it goes. My man McNeil, bang right into the sign. And if you notice, he hit it a Northwell Health sign of all things. <laughs> he uh, he was carted off actually, and and I think he's day to day. I think he pinched hit yesterday, but. Heads up to my man, McNeil Met fans. Take it easy on my boy, man. Give him some love. Just saying, if that were the Yankees, he'd be out for three weeks. Yeah, seriously. So what do you got? What do you got for us? <laughs> so our next one we're going back to. I, I'm a big fan of the uh, the walk-offs and the comebacks this week. Marlins and Jays played. Jays had a really uh, highlight-filled week between their walk-offs and everything else. Marlins and Jays, as we know, played. We saw it in the other in the Jays walk-off. Um, Marlins led in this game. I think the original lead was eight to one, but at one point they led 11 to four. And then the Jays young talent started to step up and Rob, do we have the, that, those highlights? Yeah, I don't have that. Okay. Uh, so the Jays coming good. back from 11 to four in that <laughs> game and they did it with like four home runs. Which I'm, now I'm, I'm going to go back and try and find exactly uh, what was happening. Henry, why don't you go to your next highlight yeah, and then right I will, uh, I'll find My, that one. Mine is, is Chris, you hit it right on the head. It's Oakland absolutely destroying the Giants. They came back in the ninth on back-to-back days. They came back from five runs down on Friday. They rallied from three runs down in the ninth on Saturday, and then they absolutely abused the Giants on Sunday in a 15-3 win. Rob, you want to hit that montage, baby? I think Rob is on delay. But yeah, basically they uh they they just they just abused, absolutely abused San Francisco and and San Francisco is the laughing stock. And Oakland did what they're supposed to do. They beat bad teams, even if it's a comeback, even if it's a blowout, they did what they do. So yeah, Marlins, by the way, in that game going back to it, they led 8 nothing, and then it was 11-4, to and then the Jays scored 2 in the 5th, 2 in the 6th, 1 in the 7th, 2 in the 8th to tie it, Look at the and comments. then in the 10th, the Marlins score 3 and they win 14-11. Look in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rob's on all sorts of drugs No, today. look at the comments on Facebook. Like what Chris said. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, now we have a, uh, a run Let's down. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, moving on. We'll never talk about the Giants again. Um, <laughs> so, 
Yeah, so that game, 14-11 was the final. I'm just – I don't know whether – if I'm curious, Henry, your standpoint on this. You overcome leads of eight – deficits of 8 nothing and 11-4, and then you lose. <laughs> like, are you happy that's, about that, or are you no, really pissed that's, off? That's demoralizing, man. That's like a gut punch. You get up, and then you get punched again. That's, that's, I'd rather get blown out. Give me a blowout, because those blowout games you can forget about. You move on to the next day, and that's it. When you get all that momentum to come back just to lose – that's mm-hmm. brutal. That's what Paul O'Neill always says in his broadcast, too. Um, yeah, I'm just, so you had – it went 11-4. Travis Shaw hit a two-run home run. Then Danny Jansen hit a two-run home run to make it 11-8. And then you headed into the seventh inning, and Vlad hit a home run to make it 11-9. And then Bo Bichette and Travis Shaw went back-to-back in the eighth to tie it at 11, and then you lose. That's <laughs> just – that is brutal. It's like um, you put the tip in, and then there's just not enough dong, and then, you know. Yeah, that is that is rough. So, yeah, and you mentioned that – well, we won't talk about the Giants again. A's back-to-back uh, comebacks last week to type it off, top it off. So let's yeah. get into the distinguished dongs, now that Chris has put us in the right mood for this. And um, let's start off. This is my fantasy dude, two years running, Fran Mill Reyes. If you haven't met Fran Mill Reyes, he does not like baseballs. And we're about to see an example of that right here. Someone said, oh, that's Ivan Nova, another former friend pitching for the Tigers. And he regrets that he took a job as a major league pitcher right here. Because Fran Mill, that, I don't know if you saw that, that hit the railing back there beyond the greens of Jacob's Field or whatever they're calling it now. Uh, this is in Comerica, actually. Um, I, I mean, you know, Henry, how big Detroit Stadium is to begin with. That's he goes shot. over the greenery, 462 feet, and I think it was like 109 miles per hour off the bat. That is a and big league bomb. It didn't even look like he got all of it. He, it was just so effortless. This dude just destroys baseballs. Three of them this week, he hit two in that game. That was, that was his first of two in that game. So Franny has woken up. He was hitting about 100 for the first two weeks of the season, and he's gotten red hot. And speaking of that perfect transition to this next guy, Henry. Oh, man. My man, Gary Sanchez, is getting hot. He hits this ball about a ton. Look, what is that? Uh, yeah. yeah and I, wish, I, wish, I wish we had the audio on this because the sound of it was just monstrous. He hits it about a third up on the left field bleachers. This ball went 457 feet with an exit velo of 109.7 and a 28-degree launch angle. And like I said, if we could hear it, listen to it. There's right. something hypnotic about watching a baseball just, like, float around in empty stands. Yeah, I love it. I, I kind of like it. I think it's cool to see, you know, where it stops and how, you know, how many bounces it takes and, and the trajectory after it hits. So that's pretty cool. What do you got yeah. next? Uh, and, Michelle, you did miss a little bit of us praising the Dodgers, but we're now in, deep into the highlights and right on time – Colbert Ruiz making his MLB debut with the Dodgers off Julio Tehran pitching for the Angels because, of course, he would be. And this is Ruiz's first major league home run comes against the Angels in a little, uh, like, second-tier city-to-city rivalry game. And that is Kybert. Kybert? How do you say that, Henry? I would say Kybert. Kyber Ruiz with his major league first home run coming in the third inning. He is a top wasn't prospect that, for the Dodgers. Wasn't that his first major league at bat? 
Yeah, I believe it was yeah. in his first at bat. So uh, Ruiz goes deep. That's the Dodgers catcher. He's among their top prospects, if not their top. And Dodgers just can do things like that. They can just call up yeah. top prospects who immediately contribute all the time. That's what the Dodgers do. Yep. Next, we got my man Mookie speaking, staying with the Dodgers. Mookie Betts, man, this dude is 27 years old, and he's already tied an MLB record with six three-home run games, tying Sammy Sosa and Johnny Myers, and again, he's only 27 years old. Rob, you got that clip of Mookie just smoking everything? All right, well, is it by design that uh, that Chris and Michelle join like literally right before we're about to talk about their teams? Nope, all this topless talk, I just see the... <laughs> Titty's out for, for Dong City, I guess. <laughs> Here goes Mookie. There's the first one. That is a man of that frame. I just wouldn't imagine being able to go oppo like that. Generates so much power, but that's, you know, I don't want to say it's the perfect swing, but it's pretty damn close. His lower In that half. stadium, too. Like, that's no, gimme, that's no gimme dimensions. You see how he puts his leg down? He plants it down to purposely go oppo. I mean, that, that dude's swing is amazing. Yeah, he's amazed. But, yeah, like I said, youngest, uh, 27 years old, already tied the major league record. I'm pretty sure he gets it. At this point, it's how many more three-run home run games does he have in him? It is freakish. Like, three home run games are just – I mean, you'd think you'd learn your lesson. Look, let me tell <laughs> you now. so many times. Mike Trout's the best player in the game. I don't think that's that's up for dispute. Mookie Betts is a guy you want to advertise. That's a guy you want to market. That's a guy you want to put everywhere. You want Mookie stickers. You want Mookie everything. You, they need to advertise Mookie. That's a guy right there that you, you, you market the hell out of. And he's in that market as well. They got to market that chain too. He's yeah. always worn that chain. That's, that chain is my sweet. My Mookie chain. Look, look, look. It's my Mookie yeah, chain. <laughs> I like that. I don't know how I have you play baseball Mookie's like that, but I more. like it. I have a feeling Mookie's cost a little more than mine. Maybe. <laughs> You've got a lot of jobs, Henry. I'm not, I wouldn't sell yourself short. Listen to me. This was pretty damn expensive. I guarantee you, like, three links of Mookie's cost with this cost. Mookie was still in arbitration until, like, a couple weeks ago. So, you know, it might be close. You don't know. Uh, well, what do we uh, got next? Yeah, so, so now we're, we're ramping up with the dongs here. We saw Mookie with his three-home run game. Now we go back to the Chicago here. This is the White Sox. I cannot express how enamored I am by their offense. Not a great team yet, but the offense can play. And here's an example of it. So this was just a couple days ago. Um, yeah, keep it muted there. And, and here's number one. This is a home run. I think they were losing at the time. This put them on top. They were down like 2-1. I like that Nottingham meets sign out there and right. Very Dong City-esque. And next batter, this one's also going to go. That's another one that's out. That's two home runs. They're back-to-back Whittingham meet. That's what it is. Here's the next batter. Oh, that one's going to go. That's the left just inside that foul pole. That's three in a row. So they've gone back-to-back-to-back at this point. The Major League record is four in a row. It's only been done nine times in Major League history. And here's the next batter. And wouldn't you know it, that one's going to go too. So the White Sox tie the major league record, only been done now 10 times in the history of baseball. They go back to back to back to back, four consecutive home runs. This one has a little caveat to it in that it was the first time pointed out by resident White Sox fan Matt Bushnell. It is the first time non-American born players have hit three home runs in a row because you had it with uh, Eloy Moncada, 
and Abreu were the first three, not in that order, to Homer, and they are all Cuban-born. So a, so Cubans have now gone back to back to back. The last one, I believe, was Grandel, who is not Cuban-born. But um, So that set a little bit of cultural history as well. But White Sox go back to back. I think that's like Abreu's 100-and-something home run. He's already like fifth on the all-time White Sox list. Wow. I think he's about to pass Ordonez or catch Ordonez, which is kind of crazy. That is kind of crazy. Like, who's ahead of him? Paul Canerco and Frank Thomas? Probably. I, had to <laughs> guess. A... I would guess Thomas is one, Canerco two. Moncada uh, Grandal and Abreu were yeah. the three. Thank you, Matt. Yeah. yeah. So excited my, with my White Sox dongs that I just lose track of what's happening sometimes. And speaking of dongs and chains, we go to my man Juan Soto, who just went on a barrage against the Mets this weekend. Yeah, Juan Soto, if he had COVID to begin with, is fully recovered. This this, <laughs> this isn't this shot, but there's one shot. Is that it? No, that is not that it. That was not it. I know the one you're talking oh about. It, it hasn't God. landed yet, so we it, may not have a highlight. This video has all four, so you'll okay. see. Okay. I love that this, they slowed it. That's a great angle, by the way. That camera runs, angle is fantastic. Yes. But when they randomly go to it, it annoys the shit out of me. No, no. For home runs, that's a fantastic yes. view. Agree. Is this it? This is it here, I think. Uh, yes. Oh, my yeah, God. Watch where this lands. Dude. It took me five or six views to realize that this did not leave the stadium. This almost left uh, the stadium. This is utterly ridiculous. That home run. Let me see. I had the specifics on it. Here we go. That 466. Home run, 466 and 120, 112.9 miles per hour. That was just a moonshot. I do not know how it didn't leave the stadium. That kid caught all of it, and he is all but 20 years old, and he is still growing into his power. He is a special, special slugger. Juan Soto, to me, is the heir apparent to Mike Trout. Like, I think when Trout finally gets too old to be the best player, by then it'll def- definitely be Juan Soto. I disagree. I think he's more in the likes of a Miggy. I mean, I, I outside of Albert Pujols, who was the best player in 2006, Cabrera was the best hitter. So yeah. with Trout, you have to encompass everything. I mean, I, fine, but I'm still, like, just talking that. Um, if we're talking slugging, I mean, Juan Soto is going to be that guy for the next 10-plus years, yeah. barring major injury or anything. Yeah. Uh, 466 to right, by the way, looks so much prettier than 462 yeah. to center. <laughs> Even though 462 to center might be more impressive to me, 466 to right looks like it's 700 feet. That I was like a know. Mickey Mantle off the facade type home run. Look at this. He didn't even get all of that. No, and it's Oppo, and it's upper and it's deck. Oppo. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but the, the, the big shot, I, I swore, when I first saw it, then I saw it again, and I saw it again, I said, that, did that leave the stadium? And it almost did, but that kid got everything. He's going to hit one out of a stadium one day. I could see it. And by the so way, what, to clarify, I was talking from a hitting profile, but now I'm curious, if you do look at the entire package, who do you think could replace Trout? Francisco Lindor, uh, Fernando Tatis. Uh, Lindor's already going to be like 30 by the time um, Trout's in his decline. Tatis is a good one. That, that's a legitimate. I'm really high on Wanda Franco. Um, yeah, I'd like to see him play at the major league level, but by all well, accounts, if I had, seems if I like had to go, I'd, I'd go with Tatis. We're going with the young guns. 
it's a fair one. Yeah. Um, anyway, so yeah, so Juan Soto is our, our highlight montage of the week. Uh, we we are starting to have a little bit of a format as it opposed as it uh, has to do with Dongs. We're we're uh, we're going with player player of the week with home runs. This week it was Juan Soto. Last week it was it was Mike Trout. And that leads us into our final segment here, and that is our boonheaded call of the week. This is where we pick a manager every week who makes just a terrible, indefensible decision. Um, we have asked you guys to submit your choices, and actually this week we got the choice that goes back to whom it's named after for the third time in four weeks, and that is Aaron Boone. And there's no disagreement from Henry and I because we both immediately were like, this has to be a contender for it because yep. they're both terrible decisions. So, Henry, I'll give you the first one. The first one is that Aaron Judge earlier in the week hits a home run opposite field. Aaron Judge, by the way, at that point is looking – like he might run away with an AL MVP. Aaron Judge was hitting absolutely everything. And I think we were winning eight to two, eight to one. We we were up by a lot. It was a blowout, yep. Yeah, in the middle of the game, he pulls Judge, and no one knows why. And in the press conference, he's asked blatantly by the reporters, hey, is everything okay with Judge? He's, yeah, when it gives some guy some playing time, he's resting, he's resting. Well, clearly he's full of shit because – Aaron Judge lands on the aisle with a calf strain. What does Aaron Judge say? I can play. Even yesterday they had a press conference where Aaron Judge said, I can play. I didn't want to go on the aisle. So uh, Aaron Boone lying to the media. If there's one thing you don't want to do in New York, and that's lie to the media. Joe Girardi figured that out pretty fast. But Aaron Boone, just, he's just a boonhead. So – Aaron, Aaron Boone got hired for his communication. Like, yeah. you know, lest we forget, Joe Girardi led this team to within a game of the World Series, something Aaron Boone still hasn't done. And he got fired because they said uh, he lacked communication with, with the players. Uh, so we hire Aaron Boone. And Aaron Boone, like you said, he benches Aaron Judge, says he's not hurt. Aaron Judge then also says he's not hurt. And then Aaron Boone puts him on the IL. Aaron Judge says he didn't have to go on the IL. He's feeling 100% as of yesterday. He's still on the IL until, I think, Thursday. And, uh, and the calf soreness didn't register as an injury. It's just literal soreness. Um, so there's not even like – it's not even like he has a calf one strain or something where you can be like, okay, Aaron Judge just whole, says he wants to play. The whole thing was weird. It didn't make sense. Like you said, he was hired for his communication skills, and he's done a shit job at communication. You piss off your best player, you got some – you know, Judge was clearly pissed off. He was trying to take the diplomatic route when asked questions. And, I mean, it's kind of clear he wasn't happy. He was trying to do the right thing and being a team player and, and describing it the way he did. But it's very clear that Judge was not happy. Judge did not want to go on the I.O. And Judge thought he could play through it. And not that I feel badly for him, but this was hours from when Jay Happ says he didn't want to be skipped in the rotation. And he had a conversation with Aaron Boone was, and was like, yeah, I didn't want to be skipped in the rotation. Boone it didn't go me. well. <laughs> yeah, it, he, had a, he had a good conversation and a bad conversation. But the only conversation we heard about was the bad one, which is that right. he didn't want to be skipped. And Boone skipped him. So whatever this communication with the players is – doesn't seem like it's having a great week right now. And that wasn't even the worst decision Boone made this week. Nope. His worst decision is that Garrett Cole, the Yankees ace, who they paid $324 million to, to be the ace for the next nine years, or at least the majority of that, is cruising against his the arch-rival Boston Red Sox. Seven innings, four hits, one run. The one run was a solo home run. He ran into zero jams completely stress-free, 95 pitches in seven innings, and Boone pulls him. 
And this is something I think every Yankee fan is afraid of because he does it with all the other pitchers. But we thought with Garrett Cole coming over, like Cole had other suitors, maybe it was going to be different for him. Like he yeah, would just – You've got to let him rock. you got to let him pitch. 95 pitches. This isn't his first start. It's not his second or third start either. He's not ramping up. He's already thrown more than 95 pitches this year. Now, Cole, the only defense I'll say is he has been slipping up late in games, it seems, when he's running out of gas. He'll give up like a run or two. Um, but still, it was an 8-1 game. So we're not exactly worried that Cole's going to blow it by giving up a two-run homer or something. He had complete control of the game. Now, what does Boone do to make this even worse? It's against the Red Sox, and he goes to Jonathan Holder. Now, Jonathan Holder has a 7.14 career ERA versus the Red Sox. Bum. In a vacuum, in an 8-1 game, that's the time to use him. But if you're choosing between Garrett Cole at 95 pitches to maybe pitch the eighth or at least batter to batter, or Jonathan Holder, it makes no sense to go Holder. Why? Because that game, the Yankees are trying to avoid using their big three, Chad Green, Adam Adovino, and Chris Britton. Now they have Raldis Chapman back today. But those are their big three, and they were using them, and they've all been lights out. But the other Yankee relievers have struggled. So what does Boone do? He goes to Holder. What does Holder do? He gives up two runs, and then he gives up two base runners. And now it's eight to three. You've got two on, and Adam Adovino has to come in. Adovino gives up a base runner. Its base is loaded. Now all of a sudden the tying runs on deck, just like that, because you went straight to your third-tier bullpen relievers, and now Adovino has to come in, throw however many pitches he threw to get out of that jam, and then you go back to, I think, Avalon after that, who closed out the game. But the yeah. fact of the matter is, Boone is in an 8-1 game. His ace is doing everything you ask of him. He's under 100 pitches, and he still manages to find a way to manage his way into having to use the Yankees' best relievers. Yeah, you got to stay away from your big guns in a situation like that. And not only did you not let Cole do his thing, but like you said, you wasted one of your big guns for absolutely no fucking reason. Yeah, it made no sense. It just, it just nothing he does seems to make sense. Um, so I see in the, in the comment section, Michelle made a comment about Dave Roberts and a boon-headed play. Guys, if you see something that you want in the boon-headed segment, tag one of us. Tag me, tag Vince, tag Rob, let us know. Hashtag it, send it to us, DM, whatever you got to do, let us know. Yeah, don't leave it there. And also, I, I think Ricky Velasquez uh, was the first to do it. Tag us yep. for home runs, tag us for highlights, and tag us for boonheaded. But especially tag us for boonheaded because, uh, you know, we actually have to watch in depth all, all of the games to figure out what managers screwing up, whereas highlights we can find and home runs we can find. But Vince, thank you to quick, Ricky for pointing out the White Sox ones. When we were talking about Juan Soto, I meant to drop a quick mention that Juan Soto was named the NL player of the week. And was that Brandon Lowe was named the AL player of the week. Mm -hmm. Brandon Lowe, four home runs, 10 RBIs, hitting 448, 500, and 1,000 OPS. Juan Soto, five home runs, 12 RBI, 462, 533 slugging, and a 1077 OPS. By the way, I'm thrilled right now because I think I get to white correct you in that it is Brandon Lau. Oh, you got me. You got <laughs> me. <Yep. laughs> so this is a crowning achievement. That is of, a very, very white name. <laughs> yeah, of my life right now in that I get to tell you how to pronounce a name. It is that Brandon is, Lau. I would have never thought that one. <laughs> I think to be fair, so their other big prospect Nate is Nate Lowe. I, I'm yes. pretty sure he's Nate Lowe. Yes. They spelled the exact same way, so I was confused too. I only Hello, know that because he's my dynasty player. 
L O W E, so it's Lao. Yeah. Um, one more run through here with the highlights, real quick. Yankees up three to one. Uh, that game is delayed in the fourth. Henry, do you have it on? What's why is it delayed? I do not know. It is, is it not, raining by it you? Is not raining over here, so I All don't right. know what's going on. I don't know either. Nationals up four three. Braves yeah. making a little bit of comeback in that game. Um, Nationals led three nothing. Luis Garcia, Eric Teams home runs, and now the Braves made it three two, and now it's four two, and now it's four three. So that game's close four three. Mets up three one. Freshly picked up fantasy player Dom Smith with a two run with an RBI double. Ahmed Rosario, previously mentioned by Henry, he also has an RBI double. So three one Mets. Blue Jays up four nothing on the Orioles. Keep track of the Orioles this week. I'm curious if they can keep this going. I could totally see them collapsing, but I could also see them staying in it. So curious what happens. Randall Gridgick, a Brett Moore favorite with a home run in that game. He had a three-run shot. Uh, all the other games are scoreless right now. And the Cardinals earlier beat the Cubs 3-1 to one in one of two games doubleheader that they have going on. So that leads us to next week. Um what do we have going on here? I, I guess I could start it off. Looking ahead to next week, this is the game I'm most excited for, although I should add that I kind of have a 1A, and I'm, gonna, I'm curious if Rob picks it. But my matchup is Dallas Keuchel and John Lester. That's supposed to happen Friday night. That is White Sox-Cubs. I'm excited to see if the White Sox can keep uh, kind of treading water, kind of right on the fringe of the playoffs. And obviously, I want to see if the Cubs can keep it going. That's a nice division city rivalry. We know that those fans don't like each other. So that's my game. Henry, what do you have? I'm going with a series. I'm going with the Cards and the Cubs, only because the Cubs have kind of been rocky the last few games. They're facing the team that's in second place. They have a chance to put some distance between them. They're still up three on Milwaukee. So they can uh, beat the shit out of the Cardinals. They'll put some distance between them and everyone else. Rob, were you able to pick a game for next week? Yes, I, I have a game of the week for myself. Um this week is not going to be the same, but it, it's a rivalry. It's an inner, inner city rivalry. It's the Yankees and the Mets. I'm looking forward to that series. That's a very Rob pick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We know he loves following the Mets. <laughs> that is a very, very Rob pick. That is a good one. Rob, I considered it, and then I saw that neither DeGrom nor Hap, I believe, were penciled into it. So I was like, I can't really find a matchup I can get into, but obviously Yankees-Mets is always exciting. My, um, ori my original pick was going to be the Rays and the, and the Yankees. Well, yeah, 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 that's a good I, one. So that one is cool because all three are going against all three. So it's going to be Cole versus Snell, and then Glasnow versus Paxton, and then it's going to be um, – Morton, I think, is going to come back for that last game against uh, Tanaka. So Can we just get a sports psychiatrist just to let him come out and think, him being James Paxton, come out and think that the game starts at inning number two? Yeah, so he doesn't waste 25 pitches and two earned runs. Even though last game, <laughs> he did great in the first inning and then gave up everything in the second inning. <laughs> Go figure. Yeah, it's he can't. That first time through the order, oddly enough, seems to be the biggest trouble for him. Um, also worthy to point out, I almost switched my pick, but like I said earlier in the show, the Tigers are debuting their top three prospects this week, Wednesday in particular, you're going to see, I think Casey Mize against the White Sox, Dane yes. Dunning, who's also yes. making his major league debut. So that's a cool, cool matchup. I can't, is it Scoble? 
Is that the other Tigers pitching prospect? They're like mm-hmm. second or behind Matt Manning. I think he's their third best pitching prospect. I'll say yeah, just for the hell. Yeah, of I, I, either <laughs> I can't. Scoble might be facing Dunning. Either way, it's going to be two rookies, very highly touted, making their major league debuts. Dunning and Tommy Johnny's recovered from that um, White Sox Tigers. That's a nice under the radar matchup. And of course, Casey Mize, who is the top prospect in all of baseball for pitching, making his debut this week as well. So yeah, real, real quick, I just want to give a get well to Kendall Graveman. Uh, Mariners pitcher he had a benign bone tumor on his cervical spine um, he's expected to continue pitching um, so hopefully he gets a little better and he, and he starts feeling better yeah get better there um, Yankee game delayed for rain so I guess there is rain over there maybe not in your uh, part of the Bronx is the other no. part of the Bronx <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> and a uh, little quick Chicago updates as we sign off here Tim Anderson home run White Sox up one nothing on the Tigers and the Cubs are also up one nothing on a passed ball Anthony Rizzo scoring run. So uh, those are your last of the score updates. But that'll do it for us this week. Thank you, everyone, for joining. Uh, hopefully we can all get here on time next week, but no pressure. I know you West Coast people uh, just getting out of work and whatnot. So anyway, this has been Dong City. We will be next week. I almost forgot. Not quite a sign off yet. Please join into the Audible. Tune into the Audible tomorrow, 7 p.m. in Football Life. If you're not in Football Life and you like football, please join Football Life. Uh, They're going to be discussing Hard Knocks, which is an all-LA-centric tying in the West Coast here. All-LA-centric West Coast. They've got the Rams and uh holy shit chargers maybe (laughs) it is raining there it is yeah it it finally made its way up from florida um yeah so all la hard knocks matt bush now randy hammond gonna discuss that tomorrow 7 p.m eastern time on the audible and football life we will be back obviously next monday 7 p.m eastern time as always here on dong city this has been dong city have a great night dong city bitches